Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good afternoon, everybody, or good morning or good night. Whenever you're listening, that is the nature of podcasts. This is Outside the Glass. I'm your host, Thomas Robertson. Uh, really nice to be with you guys again today on a, on a Friday. Uh, I had an incredible slate of games last night in the NHL. A lot of games to cover, high-scoring affairs, uh, defensive struggles. Really had it all last night. We had some breaking news today in terms of contracts in the Metropolitan Division. We're going to fill you in on that a little bit later. But uh, this is Outside the Glass, brought to you by Pure Sportsnet. Let's go ahead and get started with some recaps from last night. We had the Maple Leafs and the Devils take each other on. Maple Leafs come out on top 1-0, if you can believe that. Uh, The season has been... Uh, full of scoring average goals per game around 3.08 I believe the highest uh, in a long time but this was a defensive struggle throughout went to overtime 0-0 throughout regulation Maple Leafs come out on on top 1-0 with a goal from William Nylander and the Maple Leafs have been without Austin Matthews for four games now and they've won every single one of those games panic spread through Toronto when the news broke out that Matthews was going to be missing some games but they've had people step up and I think the the guy who's come through the most in Matthews absence has been their goaltender Frederick Anderson had a 42 save shutout last night just incredible play from him uh, they had a back-to-back stretch against the Bruins. Anderson performed well. McElhaney got a game in there on the on the back end of the back-to-back, and he played really well. So they they've they haven't been allowing a lot of goals lately. I I don't think more than two goals in in this four-game stretch. And the thing is, they've been allowing a lot of shots. Forty-two last night. Uh, Thirty-nine against the Bruins. Uh, 35 in the first game of the back-to-back. Played Minnesota before that, allowed 37 shots on goal, but Frederick Anderson pretty much shut the door. Um, so they've still got a lot of problems on their blue line. I mean, it, it's been it's been a problem. We knew it was going to be a problem going into the season. So they're going to have to rely on their goal scoring and goaltending. That's been coming through so far, whether it's been the goaltending like last night with a 42-safe shutout. Uh, or high-scoring games with this electric offense. Even without Matthews, they've got Nylander. Kadri has stepped up in his absence. they got Connor Brown. they got Patrick Marlowe, who's really stepped up coming over from San Jose. Uh, a good veteran addition to this young team. We had a Metropolitan Division uh, matchup last night. Pretty much the exact opposite of this Toronto game. Um, Islanders come out on top 6-4 over the Carolina Hurricanes. And we talked about him last week. I don't know if you can talk about him enough. I mean, I think he's really going to gonna continue to explode. Rookie Matt Barzell had a goal and two assists last night. He's got four goals and 13 assists now on the season. Only one point 
behind Clayton Keller, leading all rookies in scoring right now. Uh, and I think Barzell, again, we've talked about he can score in bunches, five assists a few games ago, three points last night. So it's going to be really exciting to watch him throughout the rest of the season. He's an exciting player. Fast, super skillful at high speeds, can pass the puck. He's fun to watch. Uh, the Islanders come out on top. Metropolitan Division is scary right now. Everybody's at 500 or above. It's just a deep division. We had Arizona play in Montreal last night. And Montreal takes the L to the Coyotes. 5-4, to four, Arizona comes out on top. Again, we talked about this last week. 68 goals allowed for Montreal. That's 11 above league average. And Carey Price has been a huge story uh, for these past couple of weeks. He hasn't played since November 2nd. He sustained an injury in warm-ups before a game. I believe it was before the, the Minnesota Wild game. And, you know, it's reminiscent of a couple years ago when he gets hurt. They're like, it's not too serious. He'll be back. Don't worry. He's fine. But it's it's been almost two weeks now. Over two weeks now. And we haven't seen any, any real signs that he is going to be returning. And they're just tiptoeing around. It just seems like they're tiptoeing around it. They're not saying hardly anything about it, not being transparent. They're saying he's he was he was originally categorized as day to day. And that certainly has hasn't been the case. It's been more like week to week. And before you know it, I mean the Canadians we could see them in a really tough spot. Uh, they lost to Arizona last night, the worst team in the National Hockey League, and it's been a struggle for them. Obviously, their blue line has struggled, and when you're allowing that many goals and you don't have your your star goaltender who's making around $10 million a year, huge cat pit, to not have him, it, it really hurts, and it's showing right now for the Montreal Canadiens. So they need to get their goaltender back, and they need guys like Carl Alsner on that blue line coming in from Washington. They they need guys to step up. Shea Weber. They need they need all that they can get from their blue line, especially while Carey Price is out. Uh, we had Pittsburgh taking on Ottawa last night. Sidney Crosby, uh, just a game before this, snapped an 11-game goal-scoring streak after winning the Rocket Richard Trophy uh, the season prior. But they get the victory over the Senators 3-1. to one. Crosby not on the score sheet tonight, or last night, but they had Hornquist and Gensel get on the score sheet, which is going to be huge for them. If they can get those guys scoring goals, then Pittsburgh is going to be the team that we've seen the past couple seasons, two-time Stanley Cup champions, back-to-back. Uh, Hornquist got a seventh, Gensel a sixth. And Gensel really burst onto the scene in the playoffs last year. 21 points, 13 goals in 25 games played in the playoffs. If he can bring that kind of performance to the regular season, then watch out. Uh, this team obviously is for real. Phil Kessel has, has been leading the way for them. He has been stellar. And obviously Crosby is Sidney Crosby. And when he starts scoring goals, which it's not if, it's when, 
Evgeny Malkin, obviously, and then if Hornquist and Gensel can can do what they've proven to be able to do in the past, then this team is is my front runner for the Metropolitan Division. Tampa Bay, goodness gracious, six one over the Stars. Stamkos and Kucherov. We talked about them a little bit last week, but. You cannot say enough about these guys. I thought by now they would be cooling off a little bit. Um, I thought they'd go a couple games without any points, but they continue to be dominant. Absolutely dominant. Two goals and two assists for Stamkos and a goal and two assists for Kucherov. And if you watch those goals, Stamkos, uh, he had a signature Stamkos goal from the, from the left circle incredible one-timer it was it was like a riser if you watch it he he winds back cranks it off the stick it's coming kind of low and it just continues to rise into that top corner there's just nothing you can do as a goaltender to stop that and his second goal Kucherov gets in the slot he's not really able to handle it and it leaks uh, to the backboards behind the goal and Kucherov doesn't even turn around he just gets the puck facing the crowd um back of his head to the goal and he he just whips the puck into the slot without looking just whips it behind him and it's right on the tape it's right on Stamkos's tape and he just puts it right in the corner when you give it to Stamkos on the slot of a feed like that he's not going to miss from there so they the chemistry that they have not only are they two of the most skilled guys in the league but they know how to play together Stamkos with 35 points 10 goals, 25 assists. Absolutely ridiculous. He has he has more assists. I believe the third guy in the league right now with points. Stam, Stamkos is first with 35. Cooch has 33. And I think the next guy is 26, 27 points. And Stamkos has 25 assists alone. So that's just ridiculous. And again, Kucherov, 17 goals. So it's crazy what they're doing. It's I haven't seen anything like this to, to begin a season in a long, long time. And they're going to be really special. And they have what it takes to easily make a deep playoff run. Vasilevsky's continue to be great. Around 9.30 save percentage. The Wild defeated Nashville last night. Six to four, and the Wild moved to nine seven and two now. Dubnik got his fourth win in a row, and coming into that game, he had three shutouts in a row. That's all right, not three wins in a row, three shutout wins in a row. Um, Jason Zucker has a five game goal scoring streak. We talked about how he had five games and two goals uh, and five goals in two games last week. And he's continued, he's continued, you know, he hasn't continued that pace, but he's continued to get goals, uh, five games in a row with goals for him. So they're kind of leaning on these two guys right now. But Dubnik, I think, is a great goaltender. Uh, it's not a fluke what we're seeing from him. Yeah, he, yeah, he definitely has what it takes to continue to get wins, and he can steal games for this team. He can continue to do that. If Zucker keeps getting goals... Yeah, this team can do some damage. This wild team, this wild team can do some damage. They play the Capitals uh, day after tomorrow. 
So it'll be interesting to watch this team if, if they can continue if Zucker can continue what he's doing and Dubnik can continue what he's doing, if they can get some other guys to step up, they could be really dangerous. Jets uh, beat the Flyers last night, three to two, and and the Jets are are obviously a great team. I got Patrick Laine. He talked about earlier in the season when he went through a little bit of a drought how hockey's been difficult for him, kind of a little pity party. He was throwing for himself, talking about how hard hockey is for him. Well, he's got a seven-game point streak now, so the game must have gotten a little easier for him. Shifley, 11 goals and 11 assists. They got Blake Wheeler, Dustin Bufflin. They got a lot of talent uh, on the ice. And then Connor Hellebuck, 10 wins, 2.29 goals allowed average, and a, and a 930 save percentage. So they've got really, they've got all of their pieces working right now. Their forwards are scoring the guys that they they need to lean on. The blue line looks really good. And Connor Hellebuck is stopping all of the rubber that comes his way. So they're, they're going to be a dangerous team, no doubt. I talked about this Flyers team last week. Uh, but they, 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 they put them down, a team that I think is good. I think the Flyers, this Flyers team is a really good team. So definitely watch out for the Jets. The Edmonton Oilers, man. They fell again last night to the St. Louis Blues. Obviously not not too shabby of a team to lose to, but Tuesday night, this Oilers team put up eight goals, which is is something we have not even come close to seeing from them this season. Uh, they put up eight, and it looked like you know people people in Edmonton were saying, "All right, this is it. Now we can we've exploded. We can get some goal scoring now, which is what they've been struggling with all season." But no, they come out the game after that and put up one goal. Um, so they they need to get some things going. They they made a move, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show. I don't think it's going to be enough. I think this team is really struggling right now with their secondary scoring, and it's it's showed the game before that that Vegas game where they put up eight, they scored one goal afterwards score one goal so they weren't really able to take anything from that game which is concerning Washington Capitals talk about struggles they have allowed 12 goals in the last two games which is especially concerning considering the Capitals just got arguably their best defenseman back in Matt Niskanen uh, in that first game of that two goal stretch they allowed six goals to the Nashville Predators. And then last night, they allowed six goals to the Colorado Avalanche. Six to two, Colorado comes out on top. And this Capitals team, it's concerning what they're going through right now. They Obviously, they lost a lot of pieces on their blue line. They lost Kevin Shattenkirk to free agency. They lost Carl Alsner. And they lost Nate Schmidt to the expansion draft, who who was somebody that really provided a lot of depth for them. He didn't skate every game, but what he's doing in Vegas right now, he's proving how great of a player he is. He's a great player. Gets power play time for them. Eats up a good amount of minutes. So this Washington Capitals team really misses those pieces that they lost on the blue line, and they weren't doing horribly without Niskanen, and he comes back and they allow 12 goals in two games, so they just can't figure it out right now. 
I don't know if it's line combinations, if it's just Niskanen needing to reacclimate to the game, but it doesn't. I don't. I don't like what I'm seeing from them right now at all. They're letting in a lot of goals. Philip Grubauer started last night for once, not starting the back end of a back to back, and he has been horrendous this season. No wins, five losses. He's got a 3.86 goals allowed average. To put that in a little bit of perspective, Tampa Bay scoring around four goals a game right now. So pretty much a similar number there that Grubauer is letting in. So basically it's like every night they're going out against Tampa Bay and getting lit up by star players, except that's not even the case. They played Colorado last night and, and he's just getting lit up. He can't stop anything. Eight, seven, six save percentage. Their backup goaltender has got to be better. Their blue line's got to be better. Speaking of Vegas a little bit, they, they took down Vancouver five to two. Vancouver only had 21 shots on goal. That's going to be the formula for Vegas. We know they throw pucks on net. They're not they're not about a flashy hockey game. They throw everything they can get on net, and they try to get dirty plays to get those goals. And the, the real key for them right now is going to be a, allowing a low amount of shots like they did last night against Vancouver with 21 because they have, again, they have their fourth goaltender in right now, Maxime Lagasse. So... If their blue line can continue to step up, we talked about Nate Schmidt. They got a lot of good players from that expansion draft, a lot of good defensemen. They, they need to continue to block shots, keep the puck out of their own zone, and just make sure that Lagos is not seeing too many pucks because if he sees a lot of pucks, he's going to let, he's going to let some in. So that's going to be the key for Vegas. They got their 11th win. I don't think anyone was seeing them getting their 11th win before Thanksgiving, but they've done it and they've looked really good doing it. Boston 2 1 over LA last night. The Bruins struggling with a lot of injuries. They got, they're missing Marshan, David Krejci, but they get the win last night. Coming into that game, they lost four in a row, however. The game before that, they played Anaheim, almost like an injury cup. Anaheim's obviously struggling with a lot of injuries as well. Getzloff. Kessler's out. Boston has not looked good, though. They got a great goal from Charlie McAvoy last night. Incredible amount of skill from this kid. As a defenseman, small guy, he steps right into the uh, to the crease, flips it on his backhand, and puts it in the top corner. They're going to need a lot more of that. Out of him, they're going to need Rask to steal some games during the stretch without their star player in Marshan. Um... Yeah, they're, they they did not look good in those four games leading up to this L.A. game. And L.A., you know, I would have said earlier in the season this is a quality win for Boston, but this is L.A.'s fourth loss in a row, all of them coming at home. So I don't think Boston has too good of a reason to celebrate right now. They, they're, still, they're still in trouble. They beat a team that was playing just as bad a hockey as they were coming into the game, and they ended up coming out on top in the worst of the worst in terms of how they've been performing over the past few games. Panthers in the last game of the night come out 2-0 on San Jose. Two W's in a row for this Panthers team now. But I want to get to that move I was talking about earlier. Another notable trade in the NHL this past week. Not nearly the, <laughs> the level of 
impact around the league it's going to have as this Duchesne trade did. But a couple of veteran guys getting swapped. UC Okunin and Mike Camilleri getting traded. Um, Edmonton. Edmonton getting rid of UC Okunin picking up uh, Camilleri from the Kings. People are saying that Edmonton wins the trade by getting Camilleri. And I can see why they're saying that. This season, Camilleri has uh, three goals and four assists. Jokinen, going into his first game with the Kings, had only one point. No goals, one assist. But he did get get a point in his first game with LA. Picked up an assist. And I don't see this, I don't see this trade as, as Edmonton winning. Because I think Jokinen in, in 2015-2016 season he had 57 points. And in the 2013-2014 season he, he had 60. This is a guy that can be he can be a 60 point scorer. Even even you know reaching a high age around 35. He, he can still rack up points. He hasn't done it so far this season, but Camilleri hasn't reached 50 points since the 2009-2010 season. And yeah, he, he hasn't played as many games. He, he's, he's playing more around the 50-60 game mark, even as low as 40 in a couple seasons since that, uh, since that 50-point season. But, but that's a factor, too. Durability is a factor in these kind of trades. You need... You need forwards, you need skaters that can play games. Especially LA needs that with Marion Gabrick and Jeff Carter. Out Jeff Carter's out indefinitely with that with that cut. Had surgery on his leg for that. And Gabrick's been out for quite a while. He's got some knee and some foot problems. Had a knee surgery uh earlier in the year. So they need guys that that have proven durability in the league. And it's not like they're, they're trading a high point score for some slouch that can play some games. Jokinen is a proven scorer, proven veteran in this league. And he has a better track record with durability than, than Camilleri. So I don't see this as Edmonton winning the trade. I think LA gets just what they need. They get a guy that can get in there fits right in with that veteran mentality that they have and he can play games. He's tough. He can, he can grind out games and he can get you points, but Edmonton, yes, they do get what they need as well. A little bit of an extra scoring punch in Camilleri. They need that secondary scoring badly as we talked about, but again, not quite as durable, but I'm not sure that Edmonton's concerned as concerned with that. He, they need points. And Camilleri has proven he can provide that. He's got, and he's playing better this season than Jokinen. So I think it's a good trade for both, for both teams, honestly. And we had some other breaking news earlier today that I want to talk about. Cam Atkinson signed for for a nice chunk of change with the Blue Jackets, a seven year deal worth just over forty one million. A 28-year-old Connecticut native, Cam Atkinson. Um, he, he, this deal, it's been a little while coming. He, he was going to be a free agent if they didn't get this deal done, so it's been a priority for the Blue Jackets. And this guy has improved 
every year he's been in the league. He's 28, but he's only had four full seasons in the league. And he came in first full season playing about 79 games. He gets 40 points and 21 goals. Being a 21, being a 20 goal scorer on your first full season is not, not too shabby. Season after that, another 40 point season, 22 goals gets, you know, improves that, that goal scoring by, by a goal. Then going into the 2015 16 season, gets 27 goals and 53 points. And the season after that, last season, 35 goals and 62 points. So he's 28, but this guy has, again, 28 is not, not old by any means. He's, he's still yet to reach his prime, and he's shown that with his improvement. And I think this is something the Blue Jackets were looking to get done, and they got it done. And we've seen a lot of these long contracts lately, uh, eight-year deals, for big money. And a lot of times, you know, you look at maybe a contract like TJ Oshie's in Washington. Um, that's a long-term commitment. Those, those eight year deals. And you kind of worry when you sign some of those older guys that they're going to be getting up to 30 around 38 on the back end of those contracts. And you, it worries you a little bit. Can they continue? You know, not everybody's Yarmir Yager. Um, but Columbus does a good job with this deal. Seven years. He'll be 35 when the, when the deal ends. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a not young, but that's a, that's definitely an age where goal scorers like Atkinson can continue to score goals and 41 million. So the average for the deal is around 6 million. Yeah, this is going to be, I think this is going to work out very well for the blue jackets. He's one of their top goal scorers, led them in goals last season. He's on that top line. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to continue to, to perform really well for this Blue Jacket team, and I think this is a good deal on both sides. Blue the Columbus is definitely in a good situation right now. They're in that tough, tough metropolitan division, but they've proven they can be a player uh, making the playoffs, you know, a good amount. And they've proven that they can compete and that they have a lot of talent. They got Bobrovsky, one of the best goaltenders in the league, and I think this is going to be this is going to work out for both parties very well. And we got a couple games tonight to preview for you guys before we wrap up. Speaking of the Blue Jackets, they're going to be taking on the Rangers at home. We talked about this Ranger team a lot last week. About that winning streak. Why it may not last. It was up to six games. and won six games in a row. Uh, before they ended up taking a loss to Chicago on Wednesday night, Wednesday night rival reaction, and we got into a we got into it a lot that last week with this Ranger team. So I'm I'm not going to touch on it too much, but again, just not sure about that goal scoring, about that blue line. They obviously have Henrik Lundqvist in, in the crease. He's still got plenty of gas left in the tank for a guy that's getting up in his 30s, but. I don't know who they have that's going to be putting up those big numbers for them. It's been Zibanejad so far. Can he keep that up? Can Buchnevich continue to do what he's been doing as his first year in the NHL or first full year in the NHL? So I just don't know what they're going to be doing, especially in this Metro division. I don't see them making the postseason. And they, they go into Columbus tonight to take on the Blue Jackets. I don't see them winning that game, especially with Cam Atkinson signing this new deal. We're going to see him... I'd be pretty fired up to play for the team that just paid him $41 million 
don't don't be surprised to see him get on the score sheet for Columbus. And one more thing I do want to talk about is as we have uh, Detroit taking on Buffalo tonight is on Wednesday night we had a very interesting Detroit Calgary matchup. Uh, Flames come out on top 8-2, not necessarily a barn burner in terms of the game itself, but we had a good old-fashioned, old-school brawl. Uh, Luke Witowski takes offense to Kulak for the Flames, picking on one of his teammates, kind of rubbing him in his face a little bit, giving him a little bit of a smear. And Witowski takes offense, takes on Kulak, gets a couple of good shots in him, brings him down to the ice, and continues to kind of throw a couple shots after Kulak, Kulak's butts on the ice. And Witowski separates him, and Witowski tries to take on another flame. He says he does kind of the the Bruce Lee little finger wag, like, come on over here. Let's let me see what you got. And he tries to take on another flame, which is crazy. He's a he's a psychopath. And the refs dragged him away, dragged him down to the ice before he could do that. They sent him to the penalty box, and they determined there's not enough time left in the period for him to serve that and get back on the ice. So so they bring him from the penalty box to the dressing room. And right as he's about to go into the tunnel, he leaves the ice and He's right next to that Calgary bench, and they start chirping a little bit. Witowski and uh, is exchanging some words with some players on the Flames bench, and it just gets physical. Witowski comes back onto the ice, which is a violation of NHL rules, and they start getting into it. Howard leaves the goal crease. Gillies leaves the goal crease for Calgary, and it just it comes out of proportion really quick. A couple of fights break out. Hamannick gets into it. He ended up with a bloody nose. And yeah, it was it was pretty great to see kind of an old school brawl break out like that. Um almost thought you were watching a Bruins Flyers game from from back in the day. And again, Watowski violated rules. You, you cannot come back once you're escorted off the ice by an official, you cannot come back onto the, the skating surface. Uh, and engage physically. So he was given a 10-game suspension. That's a lot of games. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Especially because he was slashed. As he was getting off the ice, he was slashed in the leg by Kachuk. And, you know, he took offense to that, rightfully so. Even though he was doing a lot of extracurriculars. A lot of chirping. But again, 10 games... Just for like, and that's a mandatory suspension too for for being escorted off the ice and coming back on. I think five five games, seven games, be a little more suitable. Ten games, a whole lot of games though. So that's it was interesting to see though see see that uh, especially Jimmy Howard coming out of the crease and throwing some shots didn't necessarily he didn't get to fight Gillies like we want to see two goaltenders squaring off. That's always fun to watch. But Howard definitely got a couple shots in on some on some flame skaters. And again, so Detroit's going to be taking on the Sabres tonight. Detroit's at home for that one. And Buffalo's struggles have, have continued. Evander Kane's been kind of the lone bright spot for them. And they're thinking about trading him, which we talked about a lot last week. Jack Eichel's a young, promising player. But they're, you know, they've gotten off to a 5-9-4 start. Detroit moves to 9-8-2 after that win against Calgary. So let's see if they can continue their winning ways. It'll be a fun one to watch. And that's going to be it for Outside the Glass this week, guys. 
Again, I'm Thomas Robertson, your host, and this, this podcast has been brought to you by the Pure Sports Network. Follow us on Twitter at Pure Sports Net, at Pure Sports NHL, for the best hockey coverage, the best sports coverage, all sports, no, no nonsense. It's purely sports coverage. And if you want the best opinions and analysis, definitely check us out on Twitter. Keep listening to our podcasts. This is Outside the Glass, our NHL podcast. We've got Goal to Go for NFL coverage and Visitor's Bullpen for the best in MLB coverage. So, yeah, we got a great thing going on across the board. Website's coming in January. Be on the lookout for that. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, Have a great rest of your weekend or whenever you're listening. Have a great rest of your week. Appreciate it. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.